have a story you're bursting to tell the world. Are you sick of being rejected by the publishing establishment? Do you want to inject a little punk rock DIY ethos into your indie author career? Join me, best-selling indie author Steph Green, for Rage Against the Manuscript, where we explore how to tell your story, find your readers, and build a badass author brand. For more info, check out our website at www.rageagainstthemanuscript.com. Hey writers, it's Steph here. Welcome to another episode of the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast. Today I thought we would talk all about author websites. And the reason I thought this is basically because I have just finished a massive project redoing my author website. And so it's, it's kind of on my mind. If you want to see what I have done with my website, then go to www.stephaniehomes.com. And that's Stephanie with two Fs. So, first of all, why would I do this? Why would I rebuild an author website completely from scratch and take like a week of my life to do it? Okay, so, I am a big believer in that you have, basically, you've got to go and do the thing and it doesn't matter if the thing is perfect. It is better to get something out into the world than do it perfectly and sit around and fiddle with it for years and years and years without anyone else seeing it. I often like to say that, you know, whatever you do, you can fix it in post-production. So, and so you can always, you know, change things up later. Sometimes what you just need is something that will do for now. Now, most author websites, I think, are built like this. They're built as in, this is a thing that will do for now. And I think this is the way that it should be. And I'm going to tell you my story. Way, 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 way back when, when I realised I wasn't getting a job as an archaeologist and I started writing articles and, you know, looking at becoming a copywriter and things like that, I made myself a really shitty little website and it basically just had a little bio about me uh, and it had a list of publications that I'd written and, you know, like short story anthologies that I'd been in and things like that. It was really tiny and really crappy. And I can't even remember, I don't even think it was built on WordPress, that's how old it was. I think it was built on some other random um, platform that, you know, now doesn't exist anymore. So I had this little website and I was really proud of it. And uh, over the years, that, you know, that, that served me just fine. It, you know, had exactly what I needed. It had a bio and it had a list of publications so that, you know, if I was pitching a magazine, I could say, oh, and look at my publications, here's the list. So I had that, and then I started reading lots of blogs, and blogs were very big, this was kind of early, mid-2000s, and blogs were the thing, they were starting to become all over the internet, and they were really kind of personal, and they were really, they were just heaps of fun. So I was reading lots of blogs, and I was starting to get a bit of work writing blogs for other people. And I started to think, gosh, I really feel like I need to up my game a bit here. And I was, yeah, I was just really excited about blogging. So I decided in 2008 to start a blog. And the story is a bit, it's kind of a long story and a short story, in that the first blog I had was actually a blog about weddings. So I, was, I got married in November of 2008. And at, so at the time I was planning the wedding and it was quite an unusual wedding. 
This is a very long story, by the way. <laughs> so I was planning this wedding uh, to my husband, uh, who was still married. And, you know, we had it at a haunted mental asylum because, you know, that's kind of how we rock. And, you know, I didn't have a traditional dress. I had a red dress and, you know, my husband carried a sword and it was all very, it was a little bit medieval, a little bit gothy, a little bit horror filmy. It was so much fun. So I was trying to plan this sort of non-traditional wedding and trying to find all these resources and all this inspiration. And so I started reading a lot of wedding blogs. And there wasn't really a wedding blog that was for people like me at the time. And so I decided it was time to make one. So I started this website. It was called gothicweddingplanner.com. So I started this website and originally it was on like a free blogspot platform and I think it was called Wedding Skulls. And then I moved it to a, a proper URL which was gothicweddingplanner.com I think. And I had all these articles just about like planning a non-traditional wedding. I, I had, you know, profiles of uh, couples who had these gothic weddings and the pretty dresses they wore and places to get pretty dresses and um, how to get like spooky wedding invitations and all these different things. So I had this blog and it was heaps and heaps of fun. And so I did that for about six months or so. And I actually even, this was one of my first ever self-publishing experiments, I actually wrote a planning guide for planning a gothic wedding. And it was called, funnily enough, The Gothic Wedding Planner. And I put that up for sale for, I think it was it was either $10 or $20, I think it might have been $20, as a PDF download document. And it was pretty bare bones basic, it didn't really have a lot of photographs in it, um, it had, yeah, it was pretty, just kind of looked like a Word document um, that you downloaded and it was in PDF, so it wasn't really, like, really designed or anything like that. But I had this, yeah, so I had this Gothic wedding planner. And it was on this website with this blog, and I, I was actually selling copies of it, you know, copies of this PDF for $20. And there was a much bigger website at the time um, called Offbeat Bride that kind of did, not, not specialised in gothic weddings, but kind of did unusual weddings. And I paid a lot of money, I remember, like $300 US or something at the time to take out an ad on that website advertising my wedding planner and then that brought all this new traffic and I ended up selling like maybe $800 worth of these wedding planner books or something in, in a few days and that was really that was really quite cool. So I had done this and I was starting to get really excited about kind of the possibilities of maybe having a blog and like maybe you know maybe making a career out of it or something like that. I was starting to see that there was this world of you know writing that was beyond pitching articles to magazines for you know a hundred dollars an article kind of thing. Uh, but while that was happening, uh, my wedding date, you know, came and went, and it was amazing. And I was kind of over talking about weddings. It was, you know, six months where I was writing all these articles about weddings, and I'd written this whole book, and, uh, you know, I felt like I'd kind of finished with weddings. I, you know, I was interested in other things at the time. And also at that time, my husband and I were planning our honeymoon, um, which didn't happen immediately after our wedding because we decided that for our honeymoon we were going to go all over Europe and go to 
heavy metal festivals and you know travel and see all the you know the castles and the ruins and all the things we were really interested in. So we decided we were going to have this big trip, and um, it ended up being four months. Uh, was the following year um, four months Europe, the Middle East, um, and it was incredible. And I so I was starting to get really excited about traveling, but I was also, you know, like really, because we were going to all these music festivals, I was, you know, kind of really deep in thinking about um, heavy metal music, which is the kind of music that we listen to. And, you know, I was thinking about like what to pack for these festivals and researching all the bands that were going to be there. And I was just really excited, just really excited about this whole thing, basically. So I decided that I wanted to start a new blog. And it was going to be a blog that I could use as like my personal brand. So this is me, you know, I'm a professional writer. And, you know, if you come to my website, um, the, you know, this is, who you, this is who you're getting to write for your publication. So I wanted it to really represent me and all the different facets of my stiffness, if you will. Uh, but I wanted, but I knew I wanted to write a blog. I wanted the blog to suit a certain audience. And I decided that the audience was basically people like me. They were metalheads. They were really interested in kind of like sort of beyond the music, you know, the the community in general and like, you know, what the songs are about. So, you know, a lot of metal music appeals to people who are really interested in history because like Iron Maiden write a lot about, you know, historical events and, um, you know, lots of Norwegian bands that deal with Vikings and all this kind of stuff so metalheads are often very interested in history which obviously I am too I told you this is a really long story so I started this blog and it was called Steph Metal www.stephmetal.com I had that the idea for the title uh, came to me in the shower which is where I get most of my good ideas um, I was you know, I spent about a week thinking, gosh, I really need a name for this website, and it's got to have kind of my name in it, because it's, you know, it's this personal website, but it's also got to sort of say what people expect when they come to this website, and I'm talking about music and all these other things, and then suddenly Steph Metal, which is like death metal, but, but Steph related, came to me in the shower, and I was like, that's perfect. So I started this blog, 2009, and I was publishing articles probably about four or five, sometimes even more times per week, I was really into blogging. And I wrote music reviews, I wrote all throughout our trip, I was updating the blog with just little snippets about the places we travelled and oh we've seen this, I wrote things about like here's where I get my, you know, here's some cool websites that sell metal t-shirts, um, I wrote this like guide to headbanging that is really popular for some reason, like all this kind of fashion related stuff, I wrote all these sorts of things. And just kind of stuff about myself, I, I there was an advice column, people would email me and ask me questions about things and I'd write this like advice column, it was ridiculous, like this advice column um, from a metalhead. And uh, I kind of ran it like a magazine, so there was like big long feature articles but there was also like little sort of little things. and. I did this blog for, I mean, basically, I stopped writing it a couple of years ago. So I've been writing this blog for over 10 years. Uh, but when I started, blogs were really, really a big deal. 
and now blogs are, I don't want to say they're dead, well actually, you know, fuck it, I can say it, blogs are kind of dead. Not in all niches, but in many niches. Blog People are not really reading blogs anymore the way they used to. So, you know, and when people stop reading your blog, you kind of lose a little bit of interest in writing it. So, but yeah, in the beginning, I was writing like crazy on this blog, and I was starting to get freelance work that was kind of related to it. So, you know, because I was writing this blog, like, there was a... um, company, a fashion company in the UK uh, who had a blog of their own and they wanted people to write on this blog and because I already had one they got me and they said look you know we'll give you a hundred dollar voucher for clothes every time you publish a blog post for us and I was like hell yeah so you know I started to get kind of work like that and that was really cool. And then in 2014, I decided to self-publish my science fiction. And I kind of thought, you know, okay, well, this is kind of related. You know, it's a little bit because metalheads also love to read usually science fiction fantasy books, horror books. Um, you know, so, I, and I'd already done a bit of content, which was about books, mainly books about heavy metal, but whatevs. So I decided that I would just use Steph Metal as my kind of base website for when I published my science fiction books. So I did that and I had a little tab on the blog which said, you know, you can buy my book and that was all good. And uh, and then obviously in 2015, I decided that I was going to write this paranormal romance book books and it was going to be under this pen name and this is not a thing that really my old readers my heavy metal clan were going to be reading it's sort of you know a few of them but it's sort of really a different audience so I had this blog and I had this audience but I, I knew they weren't really going to be reading my stuff so I started a new website stephaniehomes.com which was for my romance pen name. And I, you know, I set it up and it was a like a plain, boring old WordPress. Um, so all these sites have been on WordPress. So plain, boring old WordPress platform, um, what do they call them? Theme. WordPress themes that I was using. So it looked really kind of mediocre. And that's fine. And I just set it up. It took, took a couple of days and loaded all my books onto it. And then I basically completely forgot that it existed. So, because, you know, you've only got so much time in a day. And at the time, sort of 2015-16, I had a day job. I was doing a ton of freelance work. I was writing, you know, trying to write a book a month. And I was still blogging. So I was trying to do all of those things. And I just didn't have time to, like, update stephaniehomes.com. So, you know, that website has hardly been updated since sort of late 2015 so it was way behind in terms of the books that were loaded onto it and the information and I sort of was thinking about this and as I was thinking about this my blog content um, I, I was blogging less and less and less and the number of hits on my blog were really really dropping down because I wasn't updating it as much and because blogs were kind of going by the wayside now so then what happened let me think um, what came next? 
and I was of course still thinking about this sort of personal branding thing and you know who am I and what kind of do I want to represent to the world and you know what the future of my career is going to look like and I basically realized that Stephanie Holmes she's earning you know a lot of money you know she is what my future is and you know Steph Metal is you know was a really great part of my life but um that's not, you know, my future is not as a, like, metal lifestyle blogger. I decided that, yeah, Stephanie Holmes needed sort of a place on the internet, but because I already had all this traffic going to stephmetal.com, and, you know, I put so much effort into that website, um, all I did was I sort of took stephmetal.com and tried to turn it into my author website. So it used to have the blog was the front page of the site, uh, and I did some tutuing in the in the background of WordPress and made it so that the front page was a static site, and it just had a picture of me and it had a bio, and it had sort of a here's my books, you know these are the books I've written and links to the different pages, and you know a little graphic and yeah so it had all that kind of stuff that you'd expect from an author website, and then you know I loaded individual pages for all my different books which took a long time and they didn't really work properly um, because the uh, we'll, we'll kind of get to that but I had an amazing friend that I worked with who did all of my website stuff for me and she did this beautiful new um, stiff metal back before I decided to quit writing about metal she did this beautiful new template theme for my site, you know, for, for, for Steph, the metal blogger. Um, but the problem was that this template didn't really, you know, it has limitations. And if you want things to look a certain way, sometimes on WordPress, especially the bigger and the clunkier your site gets and the more um, plugins that you use, things start to clash against each other and you start, you know, not being able to get a picture to turn up the right size and, and you know, a button doesn't work and things like that. And that was basically what was happening. It was starting to get really hard to get the website to do what I wanted it to do because I was trying to get it to do different things from what it was designed to do. So I basically built stephmetal.com. I sort of rebuilt it on this platform that my lovely friend had made for me um, to be my author website. And that is what I've used since 2015-16, so for a good four years or so. Um, and the URL was not, you know, it was Stephanie Holmes, uh, it was Steph Metal, it was not Stephanie Holmes, and I think I redirected Stephanie Holmes, I can't even remember. Um, I think in my books I didn't even have stephaniehomes.com as a, you know, as an option, I just always pointed people to stephmetal.com. So that was what I was doing. And then, and then what happened was last year I started Rage Against the Manuscript. And when I started Rage Against the Manuscript, I joined this new platform because I needed this, you know, I knew I couldn't run um, in Rage Against the Manuscript um, or the courses and all the things. I knew I couldn't run it in WordPress. And WordPress is what I'm most familiar with because I've used it since 2008. So I looked at all sorts of different options and I chose the platform that I use and that platform was called Kartra 
And if you're familiar with, uh, you know, course-related platforms, Kartra is a lot like Kajabi. It's designed to be a competitor to Kajabi. It's about half the price. And I think that the page builder in it um, is a lot better than Kajabi, which was another option I looked at. So basically, Kartra is designed so that you can run courses and membership sites and sell ebooks and, um, you know, online content. But you can also use it to build an entire website. Now, there's always a compromise here because um, it's it's not really designed to be um, you know the world's most perfect website builder. It's designed to get you a website that's going to look professional. It's going to be easy for you to use, um, and it's going to function to sell your you know help you sell your courses and your ebooks and things like that. Um, but it is very, very easy to use, and what I like about it is that it's really easy to make a really professional, up-to-date looking website um, without, you know, having to be a website expert. And uh, this is really important to me because I fully believe that you, you the writer, you the writer, you need to have some amount of control over your website because you cannot be messaging a person and trying to get them to update a new book page or you know change a typo or add a little thing every single time you need to make a change because if you do that it's going to be really expensive and you're always going to need something really urgently done right when that person is on holiday and can't be reached it's just that's the law of the universe that's how it's going to work so you don't want to be doing that. So really what you need is some kind of platform where you can design your own website and update it. And it doesn't have to be complicated. So, and I'm not recommending that you use Kartra. And the reason for that is because Kartra is expensive. Um, it, it's, you know, it's not ridiculous, but it is a, it's a monthly fee. And that monthly fee sort of can be about, like, starts at, I think, about $80 um, and can be more like $100, $150 US per month. And most authors, you absolutely do not need that. And, of course, this fee is on top of the fee for hosting your website, um, which you're going to have to do, which usually, so you need to, for a website, you need to buy a domain name, which should be only be about $10 US a year. You're going to need to host your website somewhere um, and you can do obviously free hosting if you use a subdomain. So if your website is like authorname.wordpress.com, you can get the hosting for free, but you don't want to be doing that. Um, it's just, just trust me on this, it doesn't look very professional. So you need, you need to be paid hosting and you can get paid hosting for you know, sometimes even from about $5 US per month, but usually it's more like 10 or $15 US dollars per month from sites like Bluehost, Dreamhost, GoDaddy, there's just there's so many of them, you'll even find like local companies that will do it for you. So that's your costs for having a website, then you might pay, you know, if you use WordPress or if you use Squarespace or something like that, if you you can there's hundreds of themes and the theme is just the the kind of the skin of the website, it's what the website looks like. And you there's hundreds of themes which are available for free, and you should be able to find one that's gonna work for you. But if you want a paid theme or if you want someone to design a theme for you, 
then that's going to be an extra cost. So usually if you pay for a theme, it might only be like $50, it might be more like $200 if you find the perfect one, and then it'll just be a one-time fee. But if you want someone to design a website for you, that might be you know, a slightly higher cost, more like $500 or even upwards of like $2,000. But you don't need to spend that. So where was I? <laughs> so you're building a website. You do not need something like Kartra. The reason I use Kartra is not because it's the best website builder in the world, although I really, really, really like it. The reason I use it is because I need the tools for selling ebooks, for creating membership sites and course courses. So that's why I use Kartra. But anyway, so I'm paying for this Kartra. And I built the website uh, for Rage Against the Manuscript, and I did that all myself. Um, it, there's no um, web designer involved. Maybe you can tell if you're a web designer. <laughs> I don't know. But um, no web designer involved. I made, made the whole thing myself. Um, and the way Kartra works is there's kind of these little... Um, kind of like building blocks for a page. So there's the header at the top, and then there's, you know, there's a... Um, a hero image which is the, that kind of bar at the top with some writing on it and a big image and then there's different kinds of content blocks um, so like there's one with um, a title and then some text or there's one with a video and then some text next to the video and a button under the video something like that so there's all these different blocks and you just drop in the blocks that you want and then you can sort of change around the components and you can replace the Lorem Ipsum test text with your own text and then you know, all the blocks are sort of designed so that they can kind of match other blocks. So you just choose the ones that you like and you try and choose ones that look like they match and you, basically you've got a really solid design. So that's what I did for Rage Against the Manuscript and it was a lot of work but it was really really fun. And I think, you know, personally, totally biased, but I think it looks quite smart. And so when I was done with Rage Against the Manuscript, and then when I was done with making the content for the How to Rock Self Publishing School, I decided that it was time that I got myself a bit more professional, and I had my own website really for Stephanie Holmes. And I realised that, you know, I'd sort of been holding on to Steph Metal a bit because of you know, the huge amount of articles I have on the blog, um, because of the history, because of how important it was to me um, over all the years. So I'd sort of been holding on to it, but it was time to let that go. And so I built a whole website for Stephanie Holmes in Kartra. And, you know, the reason I did this in Kartra and not in WordPress is, you know, because I'm basically doing things in Kartra now. And I'm seeing the downside of WordPress. Now, WordPress is amazing. Squarespace is another platform um, similar to WordPress. It's also amazing. I think if you don't have much experience with websites and you were looking to start your author website and you were a fiction author who didn't need a lot of bells and whistles, um, I think Squarespace is probably more the place to start just because the, uh, uh, their themes and their templates are really beautifully designed for artists and all of the author websites I've seen done in Squarespace look oh, they look stunning so 
you've got Squarespace, you've got WordPress, um, and you know I've used WordPress for over a decade, and I love it, and it's a great platform, and it's excellent for blogging. But when your site gets really big, and it, um, it starts to end up with problems because of the way WordPress is designed. Uh, and the way WordPress is designed, basically, is that there's a basic platform, and that basic platform is completely free to people. And that basic platform allows you to build a simple website and run a blog. And then any time you want to do something different to that platform, and so obviously every time they update the main platform, they add new features and things like that. And if so, and if you want to, if you want to customize the way that platform looks, then you use a theme, and you apply the theme over top of the platform. And so you can change the theme all the time, but the content on the back end is always going to stay the same. And it, and it can populate into anything that you choose because of the way WordPress is designed. So you can swap around your theme, but your basic website, the content, the way the back end looks, all of that's going to stay the same. But then if you want to do extra things to your site, you need to download plugins. And plugins are just little bits of code that are made by developers that plug into your website. You know, like how you plug in an appliance to the wall. And your plugin allows you to do a certain thing when it's activated. And there's all kinds of different plugins. Um, so there's, you know, there's plugins which help improve your SEO. There are plugins which, oh, what do they all do? <laughs> Um, there are plugins which help with caching for, for your website if you know you end up with a lot of pictures. There are plugins which help you um, have pop-ups for your mailing list or you know run the mailing list things in, in different ways. There are plugins which help you um, sell items through PayPal and things like that. There are all so many different plugins for WordPress. Um, and what, you, what have, ends up happening over time is that you, you end up with something like 30 plugins on your website just to do certain little jobs that the main platform doesn't do. And over time, those plugins start clashing with each other or, you know, a developer will stop updating a plugin. And so WordPress, you know, WordPress does updates every few months. And then if the developer stops updating the plugin to work with the main WordPress, then... Um, <laughs> then the plugin stops working and things on your site break and clash. And yeah, that, you know, that's the way WordPress is designed to work. Um, and when your site gets really big, um, when you've got a, a huge blog like I did, I had thousands of articles and all these plugins, um, you know, it was just things were breaking and not working and stuff like that. And I was getting really annoyed with it. And so I really liked the idea of moving to Kartra, where the whole platform is designed to work together. So this, so I could do everything I wanted and everything I can possibly imagine wanting to do in the future without having to have any plugins. Now, the big disadvantage of Kartra, and I just want to say this because I've been singing its praises and I want everyone out there to know the full story, just in case you know, I'm making you think, oh, this sounds like a really great idea. The big disadvantage of Kartra is that it doesn't really function as a blog. So there are page templates that you can use that look like a blog, but you can't, for example, write a post and then hit publish and then have your blog page on your website automatically update 
the you know the top post is this new post it, it, it doesn't function like that it just functions like another page on your website so if you want to do that you have to then go to the main blog page and edit it and take out the old page that you had at the top and slotted another one and it's really it's that's the only that's the big big downside of it is it's not really designed to be a blog it's designed to mimic the way a blog looks but if you want to be blogging it's probably you know on the regular it's probably not the platform that you want to go with um, but because like I said blogging is kind of dead um, it's not such a big deal for me so that's Kartra, that's what I did. Um, you can, like I said, you can go and have a look at my website on um, www.stephaniehomes.com uh, and you can see what I created in Kartra. It's just still a bit of work to do. I still haven't got things perfect um, yet, quite the way I want them, but um, it's looking really good and really, really professional. So, having just done this whole website making thing, uh, I just want to give you some tips. So if you're building an author website, here's what I recommend. First of all, find a platform that's really easy for you to use. I recommend WordPress or Squarespace. I don't recommend Wix for the simple reason that Wix includes hosting with their websites, which means that eventually you will get sick of Wix and you will want to move somewhere else, just take my word for it. And you won't be able to easily migrate your website somewhere else because you don't own the hosting. You'll have to like scrap it and start again. So that's why I don't recommend Wix. Uh, the second thing I recommend when you're building an author website is to make it as easy as possible for yourself to update. Because you should be updating it yourself. So don't have like 200 different places on your website where you have to update something. So at the very least, you're probably going to have to update your books page on your website every time you publish a new book. You're probably going to be creating a new, a, a new single page on your website with the book title, with the book blurb, maybe with an excerpt, um, maybe with a couple of quotes from reviews, um, and with some buttons for where people can buy the book. So at, at the minimum, that's what you're going to have to do. Um, most authors also, they have a little box on their, their front page or like a, a blog type thing where they just do news. And this is where you can update when you, you know, with, with a new picture and, and a, just a little tiny kind of um, tagline when you release a new book. And you don't have to do that. And it, it, generally speaking, if you are not going to update it, it's better not to have it, because it's better to not have this kind of stuff at all, than to have it and have it be out of date. And then, you know, there are other, you know, obviously there are other things you can do, you could have an author blog, but again, it's better to not have it at all, if you're not going to update it. Some authors love blogging, and if you are a non-fiction author, this is slightly different because um, non-fiction authors, you really need to be releasing free content quite regularly in order to bring in and attract the audience that's going to be buying your books. And blogging is not the only way to do that, but it is one way to do that. You'll see on Rage Against the Manuscript, I don't really have a blog, but I do have a page of free articles, and I do have this podcast. So... 
that is uh, <laughs> that's my second tip is that make it as easy to update as possible just don't have places where you have to update it on like every single page um, think about the purpose of your website so for fiction authors the main reason you have a website is to give your readers updates and to enable them to find more information so often so sometimes readers they you know they often come to you because they have browsed on amazon or another platform and they've been really attracted to the the first book in a series and they've downloaded it and they've read it and Weirdly, a lot of readers won't then go back to that platform and look at, oh, what other books have the author, has this author published? They'll tend to plug the, your name into Google and look at what comes up. And what's going to come up is your website. And then they're going to go to your website and they're going to go, oh, look, this author has all these other series. I am going to be interested in this one. And so that's how you get more sales. Or, you know, they've gone to your website because they, they're like, oh, I really love their books, I want to join their mailing list. Or, oh, I really love their books, I want to invite them to this event that I'm running. And this is the second kind of reason why you want an author website. Because you want people who want to work with you to be able to contact you. One of the really great things about being an author is that sometimes wonderful opportunities come across your desk. Sometimes people give you an award, sometimes, you know, uh, agents or publishers contact self-published authors and say, hey, we are really interested in working with you. Sometimes, you know, sometimes there are other completely random opportunities, you know. I have done um, audiobooks, I've had audiobooks um, through audiobook publishers and they have found me you know, my contact details through my website. So it's really important to have a way for people who want to give you cool shit to contact you. So that's the other reason why you have a website. Obviously, if you're doing non-fiction, your website serves a different purpose. And this is because your website is kind of the hub for all the information that you're offering. And because your books tend to be only one facet of a, a wider business plan which is designed to move your customers through a funnel. I'm not going to talk about this too much because I've already been rambling for quite a while and you know today we're talking about websites but you know as a non-fiction author you need to understand the purpose of your website and to choose the best platform that's going to fulfill that purpose. For fiction authors, and you know, really for non-fiction authors too, you've got five basic pages or, or functions of your website, and these are pretty much must-haves. So you've got to have a homepage, and I mean that homepage is just because you know that's how um, that's how readers land on your website. So you've got to have some kind of homepage. You've got to have an about page with a biography. Obviously, this could actually all just be on your homepage, but this is a feature that you need to have. So you need to have some kind of biography, um, as short or long as you want. You need to have a books page, which is just a list of all the things you've published. You need to have a contact page so that people can contact you and give you cool shit. And you need to have a place to sign up for your newsletter. Everything else, apart from those five things is extra. So you don't actually need it, but you know when you're thinking about how your readers use your website, what you want to be doing, how you want to update your website, you may decide that you're going to have some extra things. Um, other tips I have. So on your about page, um, 
I really like to have two bios. So I have an official bio, which is written in third person, and I have that so that when press are writing about me, they can just go and copy-paste the bio, and it's really easy. And then I have an unofficial, more chatty one, which is kind of more about you know, who I am. It's more for readers. On your books page, if you're like me and you're building a website from scratch when you already have a ton of books and you don't want to create, spend like hours and hours and hours creating like 30 individual pages for each book, start by doing a books page where you've just got the covers of the books and then the, the buy buttons just go straight to the, the stores. And this will tide you over until you feel like sitting down and making individual pages for each book. It's a good idea to have the individual pages um, because it's better for the SEO of your website. Um, but you, know, you want to get up and running as quickly as possible, then you don't have to do that to start with. And you can see this, I'm doing this on um, my Stephanie Holmes website. Um, what else to talk about? Newsletter. So having a sign-up uh, for your newsletter on your website is a really, really good idea. Um, you should have an individual landing page for your newsletter on your website. And this is a really good tool um, use to put in the back of your books. I learned the hard way that this is the best way to do it, not using the landing page that's supplied by your mailing list service. And the reason you don't do this is because when you change mailing list service and you are very likely going to do this um, several times throughout your career. When you change your mailing list service, you will have to update the back of every single book that you've ever written on every single platform with a new link. Whereas if you just have a page on your website, so my new page is www.stephaniehomes/newsletter, that page can stay the same in all your books and you can change the form on the page itself. And you can change the form on the page itself. Another page I really recommend having is an audiobooks page. And this is just a page which lists all your audiobooks that you have and the different places people can buy them. Again, you don't need an individual page for each single audiobook, although if you're doing an individual page for each single book, you should put the audiobook um, links by links on that page as well. But you should have one page which just lists all of the books that are in audio. And obviously, every time you put out a new audiobook, you're going to have to update this. And this is really, really good. Um, so anytime people ask you, do you have books in audio, you can just share this one page and it's got all the audio. Because people who read audio, they want to read everything in audio. So they'll likely go through your whole catalogue. It's also really good um, for anyone who needs um, accessible formats, because they can easily see these are the books from this author I can read. On my audio page, I also talk about accessible formats and just mention to people that if they need a book in a particular format, contact me and I'm happy to help them. If you are doing events as an author, um, you might like to have an event page. So I've got one of those. Um, if you have articles online or in the papers, um, you know, or people are writing about you, um, you might also like to have um, a media page or an appearances page. Um, I had one of these on stephmedal.com, um, which I'm in the process of moving over to Stephanie Holmes. 
because um, it had some really cool stuff on it. Another thing that I've done on my Stephanie Holmes site, um, which you can see I'm still working on because none of the links work, um, is that I have a bonus page. And this, this page is called Spooky Stuff. And it's basically my blog in shorthand. And like I said, Kartra doesn't actually do blogs, but this is kind of how I've, I've, I've done that. So it's just a page with a bunch of links to different articles that I've written, which are all things that people who read my books might be interested in. Um, this is also a page where, you know, this is the kind of thing where if you've got bonus scenes or deleted scenes or like FAQs about your books or things like that, this is where you put them. Um, you know, or downloadables that relate to your books and things like that. Um, another thing that I've done is I've created a printable book list. Now, this is a bit annoying because obviously it's another thing that you're going to have to update. And probably what I'm going to end up doing is updating mine about once a year. So it, it, will, it will always be a little bit behind, but um, it will help people you know, if they're interested. So the printable book link is available on my books um, page under my books tab. And it's just a PDF that people can download. And that PDF sees all the books that I published in the publication order. It includes books that were published but are now unpublished and includes a date um, on which the PDF is accurate. And this is for people that like to read everything so they can go down the list and they can tick the books that they've read and they can find the books that they haven't read. So that's really cool. Whew. Well, we have been talking about websites for over 40 minutes. Wow, I did not expect that. Um, <laughs> I hope you found this really useful and uh, I hope you've kind of seen the method behind my website madness and why I have done things the way that I have and I hope you found some useful information to help you build your author website. That's all from me today. If you've got a question that you want to ask me about self-publishing or about writing or about building a career as an author, head over to the Rage Against the Manuscript Facebook group or email me, steff, S-T-E-F-F, at rageagainstthemanuscript.com, and I will be happy to talk about it in a future episode. For more free stuff for writers and for info about my self-publishing books and courses, head over to www.rageagainstthemanuscript.com. That's all from me. Happy writing!